Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 6, The Kindness of a Stranger Alexander sat on the bench outside Grantley Adams Airport with his iced Americano, which was now just lukewarm and light brown liquid. He despised airports and wanted to soak in every last second of sunshine before he was confined to the building for at least 90 minutes of miserable pre-flight purgatory. He drained the plastic cup, the last mouthful was weak and bitter. He stood up, venting a moderate sigh, and gave one of the lower pockets of his cargo shorts a firm pat to feel his passport. After extending the handle of his carry-on to its full height, he strolled towards the building. He was thankful that the airport was not one of the contemptibly manic bustling ones that often filled him with the feeling of claustrophobia. The atmosphere inside still seemed somewhat incongruous, a break in the mellow character he'd grown accustomed to elsewhere on the island. Just as he joined the intimidating checking queue to commence the dreaded ordeal, passport in hand, he heard a voice. Sir? They yelled. The little cry was persistent but lost in the surrounding chatter. A moment later he turned back to see a small dark-skinned girl, perhaps no older than eighteen. She was dragging a battered old suitcase behind her and holding something out in her other hand. So you dropped this, she said unmistakably to him. He looked at her, somewhat puzzled. When she was no more than a few feet away he noticed she was holding a phone. His phone? My goodness! He patted the top pockets of his shorts feeling his wallet on one side, but nothing on the other. Is that mine? Yeah, I saw you leave that bench outside before I sat down, and then I found this by my feet when I went to get something out of my case. She handed it to him. He pressed the centre button to see the familiar flicker of his wife's face on the screen. Oh, you're an angel, he said. Thank you. No problem, she said with a smile, looking as though she was about to turn and walk away. Wait. He scrambled for his wallet and pulled out the only note left inside. A creased and worn twenty. Here, have this for your trouble. The girl shook her head and raised a hand. No, you keep that, sir. Listen, it would have cost me a lot more than twenty dollars worth of hassle if I'd lost that phone. He waved the note. Please take it. The girl briefly inspected it. Are you sure? Of course. He thrust it towards her. Just avoiding an ear-bashing from my wife is worth considerably more than that. The girl laughed and took the money. Oh, speak of the devil. He felt the phone vibrate in his hand as the name Victoria flashed up on the screen. Thank you, said the girl. Glancing at her worn-out clothes, Oleg thought she could do with the money. What's your name? Shirelle, she replied. Thank you, Shirelle, he said. You have a lovely day. You too, sir. Surprised he'd managed to swipe the screen in time, Alexandra answered the call. Oleg, said Victoria, I didn't think you'd answer. Are you not at the airport yet? His wife had a point. If he'd not been so absent-minded, the phone would have been switched off by now. Suppose he forgot to do this before it was stowed away in the overhead compartment and it somehow interfered with the electronics in the plane. Then why did you call, he said in jest. It's to do with the camper van for Ivan. I've seen one that looks perfect. There are only a few minutes left to bid and just one other bidder. 
Are we willing to go to 8,500? Hmm, that's 500 more than we spoke about. That's why I called. If you didn't answer, I was going to continue looking. Does it have everything they need? Yes, the onboard generator. Maybe a slight fixer-upper. Reputable seller, though. It's perfect for the price. Then go ahead. You always know best. OK, thank you. I'm going to have to cut you off, dear. I'm about to endure my pre-flight molestation. Victoria tutted loudly. Goodbye, my love. Safe flight. Here's hoping they don't detect the half kilo of cocaine in my ass hot oleg. <laughs> Alexandra chortled. Bye, dear. I love you. Love you too. The old man always used jokes to distract from his anxiety. He didn't have a phobia of heights, nor was he filled with dread by the actual experience of flying. It was the system itself, the queuing, the emptying of his belongings into the ghastly grey trays, and the orchestrated and orderly system that was so uniform in all these buildings. Then when he'd nervously passed these tests, he despised the feeling of enforced confinement while he waited to board. If you were to compare the septuagenarian's typical relaxed demeanour to that of this uneasy pre-flight, Alexander, they would seem like different people entirely. He filled his tray in a glum, methodical manner, quickly removing every item from his pockets. Then he slid off his watch, wedding ring and belt, taking no chances. As he knelt down and started to undo the laces of his shoes, the female security officer approached him. You don't need to do that, sir, she said. Olek waved her off. It's fine. The lady was almost certainly correct. His shoes did not contain a single metallic component. But he refused to risk a pat-down. He clutched the waistband of his shorts to stop them falling down, noting how much looser they were. A tentative stroll through the detector produced no discernible beeping, but he was still concerned that his luggage might be held up on the conveyor. When it wasn't, he quickly appropriated his belongings and found his departure gate on the nearest screen. Once at the gate, the 45 minutes until departure could not have passed any slower. He lacked the basic concentration required for reading, and he was too on edge to even attempt meditating, although this was likely due to his inexperience in the practice. When the woman at the kiosk eventually gestured for the passengers to board, Alexandra shot up like a dog, playing fetch, and joined the queue. Entering the aircraft, he gave the attendant a weak smile as she directed him towards his seat. He made sure to remove the black folder from the front of his carry-on before stowing it away, politely dismissing the young man who offered to lift it for him. It was not an effortless undertaking, such tasks were feeling more strenuous now, but he was just about capable and far too proud. He shoved his case to the back of the compartment and found himself slightly out of breath. It was an ugly reminder, one of several he was forcing to the back of his mind these days, he was becoming proficient at this, pushing his worries deep down in order to carry on, like he hadn't a care in the world. Thankfully, his seat was closest to the window. If it wasn't, he would have been prepared to ask his neighbour to switch places with him. He remembered, once bribing a reluctant party with beer. Not being able to see outside along the journey was an unbearable prospect. Despite being free from the ghastly airport building, he was unable to relax until he felt movement. He sat tightly clutching his folder with both hands. 
Nervous flyer? The middle-aged woman beside him turned to ask. Oh no, Oleg replied. Nervous boarder. The woman seemed suitably perplexed by this response, enough for her to raise an eyebrow and not ask any follow-up questions. When he felt the comforting rumble of the engine, he naturally released his grip on his folder. When the plane started to roll forward, he leant back in his seat, and when he felt it lift off from the ground, all his tension and anxiety was lifted with it. He exhaled, leaving it all behind at Grantley Adams Airport, where it would remain confined until his next visit in over six weeks' time. Safely in the air, Alexander felt calm enough to open the folder. Inside was an expensive fountain pen, high-quality writing pages, and his most recently received letter. The beautifully handwritten message was the top page in a series from his sole correspondent. He'd glanced at it on the flight over from Scotland, but after a wretched night's sleep beforehand, he'd elected to take a Valium and snooze for pretty much the entire duration of the journey. The letter had remained in the folder thereafter, Now he could read it with willing and rested eyes and commit himself to write a decent reply. He endeavoured to finish this before landing and post it at the airport in Inverness. Dearest Oleg, I do hope you enjoy your brief visit to the land of the flying fish. I've had the pleasure of stopping by the island a handful of times and never regretted doing so. I feel like the onslaught of recommendations I'm inclined to make might be wasted on such a transient outing. I will therefore save them for when you have sufficient time to explore, perhaps when you return for the wedding. As you might imagine, I am still a slave to my nomadic tendencies. Funnily enough, I am also somewhere in the Caribbean at present, but will have undoubtedly moved on by the time you read this. In answer to your bold and frankly audacious question, no, I am not seeing anyone, and nor is there the slightest inkling of an intention to do so. You are perhaps the only person in the world that I would indulge with such personal details, but yes, since you ask, there have existed a handful of men captivating enough to make me reconsider my thoughts on the matter. I am not the unhappy spinster you consider me to be. Actually, I encountered one such person while on the Clean Water Initiative in the Congo a few months ago. He was an interesting and good-natured fellow. We certainly had a lot in common, and our wonderful conversations often went late into the night. But my usefulness in the village reached its limit and I had to leave. I noticed that you have not logged onto the chess application for a few weeks now. I must ask, was your last crushing defeat too hard to stomach? If so, I would consider going easy on you in future. After all, I would not want you to retire indefinitely. Oleg laughed aloud at this. Cheeky sod, he muttered quietly. His faint smirk remained as he read on. I was troubled to hear about your recurring nightmares. Can you think of anything that might have triggered them? Dreams are a mystery even to someone with my training. Perhaps you were able to give me more details. I could offer my two cents. I greatly appreciate the invitation to Ivan's special day, but I really don't know if I will find the time. I took great pleasure in reading his most recent journal article. Some of it flew over my head, but it would seem that he is really finding his feet in his new field. 
I hope that his research continues to yield positive results. I am certain that I'll find myself in your neck of the woods at some point in the near future. It's been too long and we must meet in person. Please send Victoria my love. Have you spoken to her about your dreams? Yours sincerely, Sam. If you'd like to learn more about JW Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. Bye.